Matt Whitaker, former U.S. Acting Attorney General. This is such a great conversation about America, our future, what's going to save our republic. We have a great football player. Matt Whitaker is here. Matt. They tried to bury me. They didn't realize I was a C. Former acting U.S. Attorney General. Under President Trump. I'm going to be an unwavering supporter of law enforcement. Welcome to Liberty and Justice with your host, Matt Whitaker. All right. Welcome to Liberty and Justice. I'm your host, Matt Whitaker. Um, you know, I've taken a couple of weeks off. I know all of my loyal folks have been wondering what the plan is, but, you know, it's been a reload, recharge, and a chance to really get some rock star guests. And the first rock star guest is my friend David Bernhardt, former Secretary of the Interior, wrote this great book, You Report to Me. We're going to get into that. I'll make sure I link all the uh, things on the show notes uh, so that you can get your copy. But uh, Secretary, good to see you, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. I'm thrilled to be here and look forward to the conversation. Yeah, you know, we were, um, because, you know, we see each other at a lot of events and we're both involved heavily in America First Policy Institute. Um, you know, we were just talking, I kind of, you know, t just talking about the news of the day and what's going on. But, you know, I think we can either take this broad or we can take it deep. But I, I think the first thing uh, that I want to get into is just sort of your, um, this book, You Report to Me, I'm Tell us a little bit about it. Well, look, uh, you know, both of you and I had a wonderful experience of having a chance to work with a president who really wanted to drive change. And, um, and to be part of that um, uh, was, at least at the Department of the Interior, was really, really uh, special. I, I served um, in two administrations. I served, like you, I served in the Bush administration and then the Trump administration. And um, you know, having uh, an opportunity to work directly with the president um, was was a very different experience than my experience in the uh, Bush White House, where there were just layers of uh, effort between a cabinet secretary and the um, and, and the president himself. And so the book's title, You Report to Me, um, is really um, an indication of of the um, experience I had working with the president directly. But more broadly, um, what the book really focuses on is um, my concern um, about the broad failure of the accountability within the administrative state. And when, when, I, when I talk about that, what I'm really talking about is we have 2.2 million civil servants, uh, uh, and many of whom are, are dedicated um, and um, and are doing everything they can for the country, but there are some, and, and my experience that are that are not, and um, my experience with the um, Trump administration really was from day one was um, you know an indication that it was going to be um, acceptable uh, to really push back against the policies of the administration internally, and that was very you know frankly quite different than my experience in the Bush administration where folks would just simply maybe not work 100% or push, but you could work around them. And so I try and highlight that in the book, um, that experience, but then more broadly talk about why, why that exists. And um, you know, my, my theory, and everybody can have their own theory, but my, my real thinking on this is that you know, Congress over time has passed um, very, very broad laws 
the government has grown immensely uh, on the federal executive branch side. And because of those two things, uh, policymakers have delegated most of their responsibility and authority down in agencies. And in doing that, there's very little accountability for those decisions. And then over time, the courts, as you know, with um, deference doctrines like Chevron, mm -hmm. have really um, tried to accommodate the executive branch's activities. And in doing that, I really believe executive agencies generally, maybe not the Department of Justice where you were at, but certainly um, policy agencies that are tasked with specific laws that Congress has passed have become more and more and more aggressive at trying to stretch the boundaries of the law to accomplish whatever they wanted to do. And, and in doing that, um, we've really gotten out of kilter. And um, I, I think the only way to begin to correct that is, um, number one, the courts need to be a little more um, circumspect. And I think with the new Supreme Court, we're headed that direction positively. But more importantly, and more effectively, leaders of these agencies need to be willing to um, take um, the mantle of supervision seriously and hold their employees accountable, and more importantly, be willing to make the decisions themselves and be held accountable for those decisions. And in doing that, I, I believe um, we can um, restore um, an important balance uh, of power. And, and the reason I say that is because if we have a bureaucracy that is in it allowed to simply ignore the policy vision of whatever president is elected, um, we're really taking away the ability of the American people to influence um, uh, the policy of the federal government. And I think that's uh, frankly very scary. Yeah, and I think we're closer to that in some regards uh, than one might imagine, just because uh, it is so big. If you think about, for example, you know, the Department of Interior or the Department of Justice, uh, you know, at the Department of Justice, we had about 120,000 employees, um, 30 to 40,000 of those are in the FBI, another 20 to 30,000 in the Bureau of Prisons. But, you know, it spreads out to ATF, DEA, right. U.S. Marshals, U.S. Attorney's Offices. I mean, there's there's a lot happening, uh, just, you know, just like your department and others that is very hard to manage um, the minutia of it. And so you set, you know, broad um policies i remember for example um you know the famous ashcroft memo uh, which said you had you know simply you need to charge the most readily provable offense you know very simple you need to investigate and then charge and, and yet we now and, and and sessions came out with a similar memo and i, I don't i don't think and i don't believe because that's sort of the essence of federal prosecution in the first place i don't think that the Biden administration uh, rolled that back. Maybe they did. I, I I don't believe they did. But you know, it's a it's a fundamental tenet of how we do law enforcement in the federal system. And you know, you look at this Hunter Biden uh, news that just broke this week, and I it's very clear to me that they're not charging the most readily provable offense. Uh, you know, they possibly allowed some statutes of limitation to to run uh, of the most serious offenses. You know, he's getting a a, a an agreement, a diversion agreement that 
to me, I, I can barely scratch my head on that uh, on such a serious, you know, gun charge. But, you know, you're right. It is hard to uh, inculcate and continue to drive because you'll pat, you'll say a policy. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And then you sort of go on to the next thing. It's oftentimes kind of triage, <laughs> whatever is bleeding right. and screaming the most you deal with. And so it's it's hard to stay on top of all of the you know president's policy prerogatives uh, that you know were that each of us were charged to do in the administration. But um, you know, I I I think that you know this book is I think a really good uh, recommendation. But you know, does it? By the title, you know, sometimes the titles and the, the contents, you know, don't necessarily line perfectly up, but does it portend or suggest the acknowledgement that there is a deep state and there is, you know, a um, liberal bias within the, you know, the permanent bureaucratic um, establishment? Well, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, if you go back to you know, what the framers envisioned, it's fascinating. Like, you know, the first, at the end of the first Congress, um, the State Department had four people, a secretary and a couple of clerks, right? And today it has over 15,000. Mm -hmm. And so an agency like uh, DOJ that has 125 or Interior that depending on the seat weather has between 65 and 100, um, you, uh, what, what you have uh, generally government-wide is overall um, in the federal uh, civil service, about two uh, Democrat employees for every uh, uh, one um, uh, Republican employee. And then when you get to the senior levels of government, it goes from two to one to three to one. Mm -hmm. And so the higher up you go in the um, civil service structure, the more uh, ideologically left um, the agency uh, agencies tend to be. And different agencies have different cultures. And to be candid, at Interior, where you had eight, eight different agencies, some were actually more conservative and some weren't. But, but the truth of the matter is overall, overall what we've seen is a dramatic leaning left. And, and the ideology at the end of the day shouldn't matter if they're willing to carry out uh, the, the policies of any given president. But what we saw in the Trump administration and the, what the book really highlights is not at one agency, but literally at every agency, there was significant pushback on, uh, on policy initiatives by the president and the president's uh, policy um, uh, leaders. And the consequence of that is to uh, potentially negate uh, the will of the American people. And so, um, you know, I think that that, um, there were a lot of reasons for that, um, potentially right out of the box, um, you know, and we highlight in this, in this in the book, you know, the media embraced the notion of um, quote resistance, the um, uh, members of Congress uh, advocated uh, sort of a resistance, and and so because of that, I think it became acceptable to have this sort of pushback. Um, but that we cannot have that as a society because it, if we have it, it's the, it entirely defeats the notion of a civil service that is 
a meritocracy. And so given that, given that, then you have to look at what are the tools that can be put in place to uh, negate that. So I know, David, one of the things uh, that, that right at the end of the Trump administration they were working on was this whole idea of a Schedule F. Um, how, how is that? What was the plan with the Schedule F and how is that going to work? Well, the, the concept was to create greater accountability in the civil service by allowing um, there to be an opportunity to um, be more diligent in um, the placement of individual employees, create more flexibility in um, re, re, reshuffling their duties, et cetera. And it was really a very important effort. And what I'm excited about is if you look across the board at um, all of the Republican candidates, they're all talking about key uh, changes to accountability, expanding Schedule F in the next uh, round, uh, moving um, folks out of Washington, D.C. Um, we at, uh, at Interior, we moved folks west um, to uh, create um, a, a little better environment uh, for them um, and for uh, decision making. And, and um, there's even folks that are examining whether we should move to at-will employees in the federal government. And I think all of those things are designed uh, with the intention of creating um, a, a higher degree of accountability, which will lead, in my opinion, to better outcomes for the American people. And so um, I, I think that there's a tremendous number of very positive ideas to explore and reimagine how we can better provide uh, results to the American people and demand accountability. And we try and highlight those items uh, in the book. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you, you're very experienced and, and knowledgeable on sort of the founding of America, our history, and where we end up right now. Do you think that it's working, that the, the, the great uh, experiment of the United States of America in a representative uh, republic where uh, you know, the people have a voice and, you know, have some input. Do you think the ordinary citizen feels detached right now from, from their government or, or, you know, is it through some of these reforms going to, going to get better? I, I'm very concerned. Uh, and that, that's why I wrote the book. I'm extremely troubled by the notion that, um, that we are in a point of, um, you know, a point of critical mass of determining as a nation, are we, going to be a nation where we have a class of regulators, 2.2 million people that literally have a degree of hostility to the American people that's concerning to me? Or are we going to be a country that the people decide um, the government that they want? And, and I, am, I am increasingly concerned um, that the administrative state is becoming less and less uh, concerned about, are they following the law? Are they following their own regulations? Are they following the policies of the president that was elected? And I highlight those concerns in the book because, because I believe we've gotten to a point in some agencies that people are deciding to do what they think is the best policy, irrespective of what the law is or what the regulations say, and we cannot have a society that functions and gives people uh, a view that they have a voice 
if we have a very arbitrary class of people managing this country, I don't think that's what any of us signed up for. And it's very concerning to me. And so that's yeah. why I laid out the book and hopefully some suggestions for moving us forward to a point where we have um, everybody has a say in the direction that this country is going. And now we just need to get a copy of this book in the hands of every political appointee in the next administration. That's right. Uh, to, you know, to make sure they understand um, how to do it and, and what's at stake. Where, um, look in your crystal ball, where does this all go? I mean, you know, we're heading into a, an election. Um, you know, the polls suggest that nobody's happy with the candidates that they're being offered, but that is consistent for a while. I don't think uh, a lot of people, you know, find, you know, think that the best of the best are, are at the top of the ticket. I, you know, it's, we could probably argue that all day, but where, where does it go? Um, we, we just, we've, we've, we've developed probably a little differently than our founding fathers had expected. Uh, the states are weakened. The courts have been to some extent uh, become more powerful and uh, where, where's it all going? What's it going to take to get um, to form that more perfect union? Well, I'm confident that we will get there. Um, and I am, I'm incredibly confident because I am the one thing I'm certain about in our society is the goodness and the wisdom of the American people and their desire uh, for freedom and representative government. And so I am confident it may take time, um, but I am completely confident that we'll eventually get to the right place of ensuring uh, that each of us have a, a, a strong voice and ensuring that there's accountability in uh, both the executive branch and the legislative branch. And I'm, I, I cannot, all you have to do is move um, yourself 50 miles outside of the beltway of Washington, D.C. And what you get is, um, you know, a full frontal assault of the goodness and the wisdom of the American people. And there is no holding us back. The problem I think is that um, the American people uh, to a certain extent are not fully apprised of how bad, how challenging the situation is. And when they wake up and they will, as they wake up, they will, they will move the country. They will demand that the country be moved the right way. Um, but, you know, this has taken a while to get there, and, um, and I'm very confident that we can head to the right direction. And I think it starts, no matter who's elected um, on the uh, Republican side of the aisle, I think it starts with the clear direction and leadership saying we're demanding change and um, putting people in place that will be willing to, to have the courage to move forward and be um, effective. And, and I think that um, given what we've had over the last few years, uh, there will be a groundswell of support to drive that change. And so I'm, I'm confident that we can move in the right direction, Matt. Yeah, good. Well, we could talk all day. Uh, you're such an interesting person with amazing experience and, 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 a, and a forward thinking um, plan and really you know ideas for what saves our republic. But Let's leave it at that. Again, I'll encourage everybody to go get the book, You Report to Me, by David Bernhardt, former Secretary of the Interior for Donald Trump, and uh, just a really great guy, really thoughtful guy, a person that has dedicated many years uh, to the service of his country. 
and the idea and ideals of the United States of America. So David, thank you until we see you again. Thanks a lot for having me. All right, my friend.